I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of badass power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Best Of. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. Now, you might have noticed that it's that weird time of the year between Christmas and New Year and hopefully you are at home with your feet up on the sofa because you know what? We are. Yes, myself, Harriet Minter and my co-host Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton were busy digesting some turkey, chilling out, having a lovely time. But we didn't want to leave you with an hour free. So we thought we would round up some of our highlights from 2017. Coming up first, our amazing interview with the incredible activist, campaigner, just legendary woman, Munro Bergdorf. So, Munro, we obviously know you. We've spent a lot of time with you. We love you. Aww. But for our <laughs> listeners, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and what you've been up to recently. So, I'm primarily an activist. Um, I do a lot of work within the media um, to raise awareness of race issues, um, disparities of race, um, also transgender issues, um, just basically inequality on a social level. Fantastic. And probably the thing that people will <laughs> recognise you for recently... <laughs> is L'Oreal and yes. talking about racism with L'Oreal because do you want to well tell us a little bit about that um, so yeah I was the first transgender person to model for L'Oreal um, in the UK and um, yeah they hired me as part of a diversity campaign but then that all kind of went <laughs> went down the pan <laughs> when um, they found that I was um, doing what they employed me to do which was um being a voice of activism um to speak about why we need diversity in the first place so i wrote about i i wrote a facebook post on um the charlotteville um attack and it went viral and um then they they sacked me basically but um yeah i mean it's it's, it's probably for the best because i don't really want to be involved with brands that don't support people that they employ and support the voices of people i mean they knew who i was when they signed me so and I think that's so the thing that I thought was so interesting about that was that what you said in that Facebook post was it got distilled down to this is not the whole Facebook post please go read the whole thing uh, but it got distilled down to all white people are racist and everyone oh my god and we sat here on the show and we were like 
No, but yeah, that's correct. <laughs> it is correct. I mean, you, you were talking about what happened to Lola and yeah. that that just goes to prove the point. And it's almost like every single time that the papers print something about a person of colour standing up and saying, this isn't right, can we please have equality? Mm. And that's all that we're asking for is equality. And it's like equality terrifies people that yeah. it doesn't benefit. Well, I mean, it does benefit everybody, but it's almost like they're scared to share the power because they want all the power to themselves. So when someone's saying, let's diversify the curriculum or let's teach black history in equal amounts as white history, it terrifies people because they're used to being the primary... The dominant. Um, yeah, they're used to being the main focus. Mm. How do you deal with all of the um, the abuse that comes along with standing up and, and sharing your truth? Because, you know, going back to the, the, the Lola case, 2,000 abusive messages. You've also shared messages that you've got mm. from people on, on Twitter and Instagram just to yeah. say, look, this is what people are sending to me. Yeah. How do you manage that? Um... I mean, sometimes it does get to me. It depends on obviously how tired I am, mm. um, how stressed I am. There's factors. But if I'm doing good myself, then I don't really let it get to me because really it isn't about me. It's their racism mm -hmm. and it's them being unable to actually find their place within this multicultural society that we're in. I don't think that they use, I think that they feel disenfranchised mm. by society because. Ben, I, I always say racism doesn't just affect people of colour, it also affects white people within multicultural society because it's shutting them off and it's making them feel disenfranchised and it's making them feel like people of colour are trying to take over, it's making them angry yeah. and that's no way to live. So if we can talk about racism in an um, open and honest manner and talk about how it can, you know, eliminating it can actually affect it, it's good for all of us. You know, it, I mean, you may have the power in um, society, in a racist society, but you're also going to be highly angry at people of colour and you're going to be unable to communicate with people of colour and that's not a good way to live. And honestly, the way that the world is going, we're not going to be the minority forever. Mm. So it's not maintainable either. So at some point there needs to be a give. But for me personally, I don't take it personally that often because it's not really about me it's about society can you flip it and mot and use it as motivation to, oh my God, to it's do complete, even more it's yeah. complete motivation and if anything it's, it's a confirmation for why I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't want this to happen and I think I'm quite a strong person to have got through that and I look back at it and I'm just like how the hell did I get through that because I had nobody I had my best friends but I didn't have a manager I didn't have a publicist I didn't have an agent and I've got all of them now to help me me alleviate some of the um, pressure but I didn't have any of that so I think what if this happened to someone who wasn't as strong as me what ha if this happened to someone who wasn't as articulate as me articulate articulate <laughs> what a word to get wrong <laughs> um, articulate as me uh, like they would be completely screwed like L'Oreal would have buried them the media would have eaten them up yeah. and we can't let that happen because I mean it's like the media are going after strong black women yes. like Lola like me they love to tear us down but I don't know what it is actually no, I do know yeah, what yeah. it is <laughs> we all know what it is it's racism and it's, it's almost like these people just don't realise what they're doing they're proving our point mm -hmm. if we don't have a diverse reading structure 
so it's alleviating whiteness into you know the stratosphere yeah. and then as soon as you question that they tear us down that's exactly why we want diversity I'm just always fascinated about the defensiveness I always noticed it in men when it was around the gender and mm. now I'm noticing it in terms of race and the defensiveness that white people have around it and I'm just for me I feel that's the biggest barrier to get over because when people are defensive yeah. it, they just they're just not open to other points of view but I'm, yeah. but I'm still I don't know I always like to solve problems but I'm like how how do we get people to just be more open-minded not get on their defensiveness where they have to write articles like the telegraph mm. they have to like give you a hard time i think the main thing is that when you talk about racism to a white person um it's almost like you need to convince them that you're not talking about them yeah you're talking about when when i say white people i'm talking about um, society on like, culture yeah, yeah exactly it's yeah. yeah and it's difficult that we need to generalize everybody into um demographics yeah. and generalize everybody but that is that is society we're all part of society we can't you know no one is above socialization we all fall into categories so when you talk about um, racism to a white person it does get their back up but then once you start saying this isn't about you if you know that you are dismantling racism yourself if you know that you can talk about racism in an informed and impartial manner without getting your back up then that's great but if you're getting getting your back up and you're not doing anything about it then that is the problem in itself so once we can start talking about it you're right we can just move on but until we can talk about it there's literally no hope because it's it's fighting against something that doesn't need to be fought against yeah that's what i don't understand it's just like yeah like there's the end that you know that whole article with lola it's just like wh why why do you see this as such yeah, a bad thing so. like it is it's, it's anyone that's in i mean it's the phrase isn't it um equality feels like oppression to those that are using yes. the privilege yeah so um men will get angry with that's what i try to bring yeah. up on Piers morgan's <laughs> <laughs> that you know he's like so we live in a sexist society I was like yeah we do we live in a sexist society we live in a homophobic society we live in a um in a racist society and everybody that has the privilege if they're asked to share it then it does feel like they're taking a bit of their power but also power a classist away. society as well oh for sure 100 yeah. percent. especially like grenfell um illustrated that so loudly mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean completely so I just wanted to ask you, because you're part of a new series on Huffington Post called yes. The New Activists. Yes. And it's a documentary series following young people who are like putting themselves out there yeah. and really challenging mm. various kind of issues of inequality within our society. Did you... I mean, not did you see... But until this documentary come about, would you have described yourself as an activist or were you just like, this has got to be said, so I'm saying it? Um, I mean, I never really defined myself too much before the whole L'Oreal thing. I kind of did because I did 10,000 things. I was a bit of a slashy. I just like, like to kind of, you know, be a multifaceted person like all of the rest of us. But it's kind of just been a little bit more focused since. And um, I know what I really want to focus on. I know what needs to be focused on. It highlighted a plethora of things that really need to be sorted out. So activism is definitely where I'm focusing it at the moment and I did do a lot of stuff about gender and um, sexuality before um, but 
it, I think that was also a positive thing that when I was going on television, it was a transgender woman of colour not talking about being a transgender woman of colour. Yeah. I think that was a great thing on in the media to show that trans people don't need to only be on the television when they're talking about their gender. Because yeah. up until now, that's kind of... I mean, the media's obsession with our bodies is... Yeah completely weird anyway but that's really the only time that you'd see a transgender person on the tv in in a storyline or whatnot i was actually commenting on something else that affects all of us what do you think we could all be doing to maybe alleviate some of this and i guess racism within the uk but any of the other inequalities is it do we all have to be activists or no um yeah no i i get i get asked that question a lot and i think the pressure is always put on uh, marginalized people to be activists and always come up with the answers yeah and that's really unfair we need people that are in privileged positions uh we need the people that that perpetuate the injustice um whether or not they're part of that injustice if they're part of you know it's like men we need men to stand up to say you look this isn't okay we you can't treat women like this in the workplace we need that we don't need women saying you know that are fighting the good fight all the time because it affects us you know we we need cisgender people fighting trans people's corners we need white people fighting black people's corners we need to come together it can't always be the marginalized person always coming up with the answers and not being listened to half mm-hmm. the time i break it down as so the process is so it's awareness so if, yeah you know if you're if you are the majority and you, you don't feel marginalized it's being aware of what's going on to other people yeah then go on your own journey of understanding so yeah. from awareness becomes understanding and then action don't yeah. expect someone to be able to, to spoon feed you go on your own journey for sure and it's always like people asking like what can what can i do it's yeah. like if you you know what you can do yeah. you can go onto the internet yeah. and search it yourself <laughs> i mean youtube i mean it's it's almost like when people say i don't know what to say to transgender people like I think it's like you know it's so far from what I'm used to if you're really that interested in helping the trans community there are a thousand youtubers that talk about what can you do to help trans people or like, there's a thousand like black activists on youtube talking about as a white person what can I do to be less racist what can I do to you know um break down racism there's so much you can do on your own mm-hmm. without expecting people to give you all the answers yourself yeah that was Munro Bergdorf talking with us about her experiences in 2017. Coming up next, we're looking at some badass balls ups. Yes, when we try and solve your problems. And it was Stacey Solomon and her wisdom that was helping us out earlier this year. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour Best Of. We're here on Talk Radio with me, Harriet Minter, and my co-hosts, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Uh, We're off enjoying our Christmas break, so we're bringing you some of our best bits from last year. Coming up next, it's our Badass Balls Ups with Stacey Solomon. So problems this week, who's starting? Yeah, I'm feeling confident. We've got Stacey and Nimco. I'm feeling confident about our balls ups this week. Okay, first one came um, via Twitter from Erica. Uh, This is a bit of a business-like leadership one for you ladies here. Uh, Erica says, I just started a new management role and have four team members. Having never really managed this many people before, how can I start off on the right foot and get them working with me and not against me? 
Any experience mm. of leading Wing teams? Oh, Wing it. I was going to say, <laughs> literally, <laughs> are there so many jobs I've been underqualified for and I just go in there like I'm overqualified. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this job was made just for me. Okay, badass. <laughs> No, I think I think winging it is a good thing. But I I remember so I was 26 when I first I had my first management thing. I was just thrown in, and I had to manage women that were a lot older than me. And I made the mistake of trying to get them to like me, not trying to get them to respect me and work together. Because I think them liking you will come, but ultimately they need to like you have to wing it to say, don't be like you know I am the boss, but in that kind of way of the fact that I'm confident to do this job. So I think work to gain the respect and to gain the authority as opposed to gaining friends mm. that would be my best advice a tip that I've always done is I always take or I always used to take new team members out for an hour for a coffee and I'd really just make it all about them I'd really find out about them what motivated them what they wanted in their career progression and that always really helped because when you get to know them you know what they're interested in and then you can start to shape what your team mm. is doing according to where they're going to go and that's always worked really well for me yeah, I'm 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 with you on that one. I think I, I'm I'm with you on the wing it. It's just mm. stand there, think, right, do do I want this? Can I do this? And just roll with it. And it's almost that faking it till you make it. I know it's a cliche, but just pretend. Yeah. And then you'll wake wake up three months later and you're like, Oh, I'm I'm doing this thing. The thing that I didn't think I could do. And just look at all the managers that you've had that have just been really awful yeah. and just yeah. don't do anything that they did. Don't be them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nimco, what's your balls up? So yeah, this my balls up is about uh, meeting culture. So this is from Sahara Zara from in, um, via Instagram. And she said, my company loves meetings. I know meetings are important, but I feel like we're wasting time that we could be spending on projects. How do I change this? God, that's so common. Do you get stuck in loads of meetings when you're doing your I like- do. But I like to have a meeting. I enjoy the meeting culture and I enjoy I enjoy socialising. I feel mm. like that's probably the key to working your way up in this industry and getting mm. to where you want to be is to get on with people and to find out about them, like you said, and yeah. to know them. Um, but also, I always have found that if I've ever had a problem in a place where I work, even, you know, when I was working in a fish and chip shop, if I raised the issue, mm. it was people are always open to suggestion and new ideas. If you feel that something isn't productive and isn't working for your working environment, put a suggestion together yeah. or encourage them to maybe get a suggestion box where people can leave their ideas and have like a, you know, a, a look through and see if people... want to trial them out and and, and it might work I always think be honest with your employer because Mm -hmm. the most of the time they want their company to be doing better and their company only does well if you're happy Yeah, I feel like we're kinfolk it must be the Libra thing (laughs) saying everything that I've been saying like I have nothing to add hang on Stacey can't come in here one week (laughs) and suddenly be (laughs) favourite what (laughs) sorry it's it's the Libra vibes Libra vibes so wise so our last one um, comes from from Deanne and it's uh, via Facebook and she says sadly over the past two years I lost both my parents due to illness um, other than uh, having sadness from breaking up uh, with a boyfriend um, I'm not sure how to deal with it these experiences have left me with extreme anxiety about my own health too every tiny ache every cold lump or pain terrifies me how can I go back to being the happy carefree person I once was making sure at the same time I'm in good health You need to go to CBT. I have struggled with health-induced anxiety. Fortunately for me, and it's awful to hear, I am not in the same position as you, and I can't imagine what I would do if I lost the cruxes of my upbringing, which are my parents. That is a complete 
an utter trauma um, and you need to deal with it uh, as to what it is. It's a trauma and trauma needs addressing and it needs counselling and it needs help. Health-induced anxiety is very common. I learned, I'm, I'm, I'm literally make up my own health-induced anxiety. I make up things that are wrong with me. I believe it's happening. I get full of dread mm-hmm. that, you know, something awful is happening and it's all made up in my own head. CBT has been really helpful for me. It is um, cognitive behavioural therapy and it basically teaches you how to reprogram the way that you think. So I used to see the letter C and automatically think of the word cancer Mm. and it teaches you to stop sending those signals from one part of your brain to the other and stop associating everything with the worst case scenario. Um, There's other things as well that I tried that didn't work for me but could be really helpful to other people. Hypnotherapy. Um, I also tried uh, um, E... I want to say E.T... ETG oh. or is that the tapping one? Yeah, yeah yes, the, I've heard um, about that. The eye, where, where the, yeah. the eye therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, ENT, I ah, think it's called. Um, but CBT was the best. And if you're scared about seeing somebody, get a book about CBT and just study it, yeah. and you'll automatically start making changes. Mm. What were your triggers? Because I'm guessing for her, she might also, on top of having um, deaths in the family, she might just have trigger, triggers. So beyond seeing a C, it, were there other things that would happen and you, it would just put you into that, that place? It could be anything, to be honest. I think when you have anxiety, it can strike you at any time and it doesn't pick and choose. Most of the time it would be if somebody spoke about a family member or somebody I know getting ill or something happening, I would automatically think, oh God, I could have anything right now. Mm. Um, which is a really, I mean, I'm not going to say silly because it was real for me yeah. and it still is, you know, it doesn't ever go away, um, but it's not effective. You can't enjoy your life when, you're, when your brain is programmed that way. And anxiety is so powerful. I've had an anxiety disorder before and it, it really did frighten me the way that it just builds on top of the experience. And I really had this feeling that I was like being pulled into almost like a drain. I felt myself mm. spiralling down and I really did think if I don't get a grip of this, I think I could really get myself into a really tricky situation. So anxiety is really powerful, but you're right, Stacey, there's lots of things that you can do, but it's about yeah getting that help pretty soon I think isn't and just it? being honest with yourself as yeah. we were saying yeah no I think I, I completely agree with that and I think we've, we've all been in situations where the world has seemed to consume us and I think grief is that first open door and then it, it, it's, it's really hard to come through it and I was just saying that at the moment that my grandmother's not very well and it's the idea of the fact that I'm thinking about her dying as opposed to her actually enjoying the time we have and, and actually watching her live and so on so I think it is that conversation of first of all being honest with yourself and saying that this is not healthy and then mm. getting help Switching it around slightly, how do you all make yourself happy? What's your go-to happy place? So if you feel anxiety coming on or even before that, how do you put yourself in a happy place and what do you do? So I, I, I don't know if you've heard about a thing called anchoring where you can do something or change change your state of mind from anchoring a positive thought to a thing so uh, when I had a very difficult time I, when I felt really good I had a perfume I bought mm. a certain perfume and so whenever I spray that perfume I take a moment to smell in and that's my anchor for happiness and a yeah. good state of mind and that's the perfume I wear every day Stacey? Do you know what? 
the, if there's one good thing that's come out of having anxiety and health-induced anxiety is that I feel pretty great about everything because mm. my worst-case scenario is death. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> unless I'm dying, yeah. I feel really... good. Yeah, everything for me, that's my dream, is to be alive every day. You know, yeah. like I feel very lucky for and grateful. And so I think when you catastrophize about the worst of the worst happening mm. everything else is blooming great yeah. Yeah. I'll take it yeah <laughs> they say gratitude is the secret to happiness don't they yeah. being grateful like there's the gratitude thing where you say and like forgiveness. and forgiveness I've learned to forgive yeah. myself I was I was always being super hard on myself and the whole point is like always not doing things perfectly so now I, when something fails and there's this project I was working on for four months and then the other day I got an email at 11 o'clock in the evening somebody pulling out and I literally just cried and I thought you know what it's okay you can't get everything you want you can't get everything mm. you want and then in the morning eight o'clock in the morning they changed their minds <laughs> so I don't know what <laughs> happened like... but ultimately I've learned to realise that nothing's always going to be perfect and forgive yourself for those things wise so, so wise again yes. this yeah. week so wise so wise. It. so Tian, we've given you lots of advice there um, so have some CBT and if you you're not sure about it grab a book that's the first step but also an important step that you've made is recognizing it and asking the question and asking what you can do about it if you're also thinking actually cbt is not right for me maybe find an anchor find something that makes you happy find you something that moves you out of that space but thank you so much for sharing your your question with us um i would also add uh, and this may or may not be for you rihanna get a rihanna playlist <laughs> she's you know she makes it she makes me happy she she grounds me she makes me have a good day so just adding that in there and, and maybe soundboard. A, yeah a, a bejazzled uh, hip flask is the other thing again oh, connected yeah. to rihanna bejazzled, a not bejazzled a bejazzled <laughs> bejazzled yes because you got me the guys thinking about vaginas and stuff so yeah i'd get, I'd get myself a hip flask that was some 2017 wisdom there from Stacey Solomon, all ready for you to bring into the next year with you. We're going to take a little break, but coming up next, we've got an interview with YouTuber Hannah Witten. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour Best Of with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton here on Talk Radio. Uh, we're off digesting our Christmas turkey, but we've got some of our best interviews for you. Coming up next, YouTuber, vlogger, all-round badass woman, Hannah Witten. So Hannah, just before the break, we were talking about women in football and whether we could get more women interested in football. And apparently you are a fan, is this right? Yeah, um, I am a like born and bred Manchester City fan. And then um, it was actually after reading Anna Kessel's book, Eat, Sweat, Play, I was like, oh my God, I need to get into women's football. And I was like, oh, Manchester City have a women's team. What? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I've just been kind of following them and supporting them fantastic yeah. but this is not just being a supporter of Manchester City is not your day job tell us a little <laughs> bit about what you do and how you got into it um so I'm a vlogger and I got into it about six years ago just from watching a lot of YouTube videos and kind of like becoming a fan and really just enjoying watching lots of different vloggers and then I thought hey I, I want to join in <laughs> like give me a slice of that pie <laughs> um so I started just making videos and six years later here we, here we are. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you vlog about because you have quite a specific topic, right? Yeah. So I mostly talk about things relating to sex and relationships um, and then women's health as well and things like that. So um, doing like sex education and just talking about 
anything like nothing nothing is off limits for me really mm. it's just kind of about talking about these things openly and honestly and creating like a really safe space um, for people to come to my channel and how old were you when you got started I was 19 yeah. wow so what was it like being the kind of voice of sex and relationships at 19 I, so I didn't start out making sex ed videos. I, I actually started making food videos, which are like all private because I was like, they're so bad. But um, <laughs> I just cringe like watching them. Ooh. But um, I started making sex ed content. Probably actually I might have still still been 19 when I did that. Yeah. But um, I, d I don't think I really ever thought about the pressure of it at the beginning because it was just something that I did for fun and sex ed was something that like really interested me even before I started making YouTube videos mm. or discovered YouTube videos um and Lacey Green who is a US like sex ed um YouTuber um was someone that I watched and who really inspired me and I didn't see anyone doing that in the UK and so I thought hey Amazing. I'm gonna do that Nat. how do how do we make sex education and talking about sex especially as women women mainstream because I still feel that it it doesn't have a taboo as much, mm. but we don't talk about it. It's still not part of national curriculum in the way that it should be. Um, there's still a bit of a, oh, we're talking yeah. about sex, or we're, we're having to sort of have a jovial conversation about sex as opposed to a, this is this is a fundamental part of life and mm -hmm. living. It's something we should enjoy. It's something that, going back to our earlier conversation, we should have a sense of agency in. And I feel like when research is done, and we'll come on to a story in a minute, it's done for, through the male gaze. So what does this mean for men? No, it's sure. our bodies. Yeah, yeah. When can we start having a mainstream, educated, research-based conversation about sex and what it means for us? It's... it's ridiculous as well especially in terms of like the research around um female health women's mm -hmm. health it's just a lot of it just isn't there mm -hmm. and to bring it back to Anna, Anna Kessel's book again because <laughs> I'm just obsessed with her um <laughs> but it um there's lo she cites loads of different studies around sport and fitness and bodies and things like that and says that the results of these studies are kind of like used universally and it's just like this is how human being mm. bodies react to different kinds of physical activity and then she's like oh by the way all of these studies the only subjects in them were men and you're like what yeah. <laughs> and this, and so that same thing is um just prevalent amongst uh sexual health and genital health research and all of that kind of stuff as well we just the reason why i think so many people find women's brains bodies sexual desires like such a mystery is because it's you know sometimes it's a mystery to ourselves as well like the science isn't there it's like yeah. help us understand ourselves yeah so there was this great study that came out to this week not great actually like mildly shocking yeah. so it came out this week which is um, a piece of research that's being done on endometriosis and I was quite excited about that because I don't think enough research has been done on endometriosis except what they're researching is how endometriosis affects men's sex lives sure. I was like because that's the only way they can make it mainstream so that's, the men get the interested so they can do some research it's just not good enough to be about us. It's so frustrating. Well, it a university paper as well. I'm just yeah. like, of all the things yeah. that you could explore and get some research and some knowledge out in the world, and you kind of pick that, really? Yeah. Because I think we've all got friends that suffer from endometriosis, and it can be paralysing, um, especially when there's a bad flare-up. But again, going back to your point, the research is done through a male gaze because, it's it, again, it's not good enough to do it about us. And I, I, I guess I 
assume part of the work that you're doing with, with the sex ed and, and having this open conversation is yeah. just getting people to, if the research isn't there, talking about it amongst their friends and um, I guess asking questions, which in down the line might get someone to do some research yeah. and actually dig into this. Absolutely. Like my whole thing is like I don't have all the answers I'm just one person mm. but I'm someone who is interested in this and passionate about it and I'm gonna ask questions and um my my audience are very responsive to that and often they'll have information that I don't know and it's like a lot of sharing of resources which is amazing um but yeah with my, my series the hormone diaries which is um I came off the pill last summer and I've just been documenting the process of like yeah. the changes to my body and hormones and all of this kind of stuff. Um, there's just so much that we don't know. And I've just felt like I've just dipped my toes into all of this stuff. Can you give us some insight into that? So what, like, what's three things that you've noticed? Oh, since coming off the mm. pill? Um, so I've gained weight since coming off the pill. And before that, I, you know, what you hear, like I always thought that you go on the pill and you gain weight. Yeah. That's like the main story that we hear. But obviously it affects every woman differently um yeah so i've gained weight um i i'm like so broody i i came came (laughs) off the pill and like i've single for like five and a half years Mm. happily came off the pill and was like give me a boyfriend (laughs) and a baby right now and like luckily i I found the boyfriend so i have one of those now and now i'm like baby (laughs) like it's mad like you're just kind of like i just want a baby inside of me um which was weird coming to terms with as a a feminist as well like and as a feminist like grown up in a feminist household and like um, been like happily independently single for all this time and I'm like oh my god I'm a traditional woman <laughs> um, obviously that's completely fine but I think it was just like my identity shifted I was yeah. like oh. um, Hannah how do you yeah. cope with being so um, so open and so outspoken I watched a few of your videos last <laughs> night and I thought they're phenomenal not only because you're so open and honest but you also seem to have really researched your topic so you always give really great advice one I particularly loved was you um, using a moon cup for the first yeah. time so I've been really curious about those <laughs> but the video that you did and the outtakes I was like this is phenomenal because I know that would be my experience but this girl has, has done it <laughs> she's just been really raw with it and put it out there like how do you cope with that how did like your family how yeah. is your, your partner coping with your really amazing but like raw honesty um i love that you was use the word cope i, I, I don't feel like i have to cope, cope with it as much um i think my my family probably in some way are coping with it in their own way but they've they've all been really supportive um my gran watches like all my videos um and she watched like the one the hormone diaries episode on period sex and she was like it's horrible i'm like yeah it's all right for you you don't have periods anymore (laughs) (laughs) you know some of us have got to make do you know but um yeah i don't know i feel like i over the years of doing this i have been able to kind of adjust and set myself very clear boundaries that i have with what i want to share online and to a lot of people it does seem like oh my God, she's oversharing all of this information and um, it's too much or whatever. But actually, from my side where I'm sitting, it's incredibly calculated what yeah. I'm sharing. And, you know, from the, the filming process, like I edit my videos and then you know, the whole process, filming, editing and uploading, there are so many different points along that process where I could go, actually, no, I'm going to take that out. Um, so everything that, 
people see online is like stuff that I'm like, yep, happy with. Well, happy with currently, obviously. We sometimes regret things (laughs) years years later. But um, you're conscious and in control. Yes, 100%. So this connects back to another question, which I think is it's a consistent thing I I seem to be asking. And it's probably completely my own prejudice. But what do you consider yourself to be? Do you consider yourself a writer? Are you a businesswoman? Are you a blogger? What? What are you and what is it that you want to be? What you know, what do you do in 10 years' time or 20 years' yeah. time? I'm intrigued. You, you want me to have an existential crisis right now? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, this, this is generally something I think about a lot and me and my friends who um, like are all in the same position. I, I swear I heard some like media outlet calling this like the slashy generation because we're like writer slash oh, yeah. vlogger yeah, yeah. slash producer slash like all of these things. Um, and yeah, I don't... It's a nightmare when you're trying to write a Twitter bio. Like, it's just like, what do what do I call myself? Um, but yeah, I think I'd like to call myself a, a vlogger mm-hmm. rather than YouTuber just because um, I feel like vlogger is more like the verb, like that, that's what I'm yep. doing. Yep. Whereas YouTuber is like tied to one platform. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Vine died. Snapchat yeah. is dying. Yeah. Like YouTube, I mean, it looks pretty strong right now, but like, it could yeah, die. Point. If yeah. YouTube dies... I won't be a YouTuber anymore, but I can still be a vlogger because yeah. I still have a camera and an internet connection. Yeah. Um, uh, writer, book, mm-hmm. blog, uh, you know, uh, uh, what else? Presenter, host, producer, podcaster. <laughs> I don't know. There's just so much. Um, I I don't like the the word influencer, even though like that's what I am as well. Own it. I don't like it. Own it. Yeah. Own the influence is con- very important. Content creator, but everyone's a content creator. <laughs> so I don't know. There's just so much. It's okay. We'll give you time and you can have an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. We'll hold you up. Sometimes don't worry I, about it. Sometimes I like producer because then that's just like, you know, with everything that I do, if I were a production company, mm. I'm a one woman production company, so then I'd be the, the producer or director of it, of everything. Yeah, take that. Yeah. Also, the producers, <laughs> that's where the money is. So, you know, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> so, we're going to keep Hannah with us for our next section as well. But, Hannah, you do have a book, so tell us about it very yeah. quickly. Um, it's called Doing It, and it is all about sex and relationships. It is basically an advice book. Um, I like to think that this kind of should be in every school library. Um, but it's for like 14 plus. So it's kind of like for teenagers and young adults. And it's got a few little anecdotes in there of mine, but it just covers everything from, you know. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That was Hannah Witten giving us some of the expertise and knowledge that we all wish we'd had when we were in our 20s, but we didn't. And that's why we earned enough wisdom to be able to answer your badass balls ups. And that is coming up next here on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour Best Of with me, Harriet Minton, my co-host Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell here on Talk Radio. Uh, it's that time of the year where we're too busy doing anything to be in the studio recording, so we're just giving you some of our wisdom that we accumulated in 2017. And this comes courtesy of the very, very, very badass Cindy Gallup. So it's that time of our show where we use our combined wisdom over a hundred years of mistakes made and lessons that we didn't really learn to try and help <laughs> you with your problems. It's our badass balls ups. Um, and this week we have got three all quite different, I think. But Ems, you are up first. What's yours? Yeah, so this one came in via Facebook from um, Faith. She said, my sister has always been more successful than me. She earns more, has got further in her career and has just bought her own house. While I'm still flat sharing and trying to make ends meet. I've always been a little jealous but accepted that with different people with different lives however recently I find myself getting more and more annoyed when I hear from my parents how well she's doing or why I haven't managed to achieve the same things it's getting to the point where I don't want to spend time with my family because they make me feel like a failure what do I do Cindy brothers and sisters I've got three sisters three sisters (laughs) and do you find within your family do you get competitive with each other um we uh, we used to when we were younger Mm -hmm. I think um but these days we all do completely different things things yeah. you know actually my, my response to faith um because i totally know how that feels you know from, yeah. from my younger days my response to her would be quite honestly sit your family down and say that to them sit your sister down one-on-one and say to her i feel really jealous of how you're doing i feel that uh, sit your parents down and say when you talk about and i say that because first of all um when you say something out loud it loses its power to mm. upset you. Do you know what I mean? And then secondly, um, when you are completely honest with somebody, you know, I make the point that, I mean, honesty is enormously powerful because quite frankly, so few people are. You know, telling the yeah. truth can be very endearing because so few people do. Yeah. And so I would literally put that out in the open, be very straightforward and say, you know, I know this is, I mean, you can say, I know this is ridiculous, but I just want you to know how I feel and see how they respond. That's actually, it's a great, great point because I remember a few years ago, um, I had a job, I used to work for The Guardian and it's quite hard to do, it's quite hard to get a job there, but my mother, who, bless her, is a committed Daily Mail reader, was <laughs> horrified, absolutely horrified that I'd gone to work for the complete opposite of her political opinions. And, and she used to say the whole time, she would, I don't know why you can't write for the Daily Mail Times. I don't, I don't know why you've got to go and write for that lefty organisation. And it actually really, really hurt me. And then one day I said to her, I was like, well, yeah, Every other mother out there would be thrilled <laughs> that their daughter had achieved this. Every other mother would be shouting it from the rooftops, and I'm really hurt that you don't. And she was a bit horrified, but 
she's completely changed. So she's really, she's really says how how proud she is, and you know, she makes a real effort. And I hadn't thought about that when we were talking, but it's true. Actually, if you tell them, I think families want the best for you, don't they, Nat? Yeah, I, definitely. But I also think it goes back to the, the what does she want. So Faith, you, you said she's bought her own house. Do you like where you live? Do you, yeah. you want to buy your own house? Um, you know, do you, do you like your job? Do you want to do something different? Because if you don't and you actually love what you're doing, then all of this, the, the kind of anxiety is, is artificial because you don't want her life. Yeah, that's really true. So it's figuring, Good you know, point. where are you sitting within your own self? And actually, if the jealousy is because you're not happy where you are, then you need to change it. Use it as motivation. I agree. Jealousy Good comes advice. when we don't know what we want. I agree. Nat, you've got our next problem for today. What is it? Yes. Uh, so this one comes from Anna and she says, I work for a super aggressive alpha female. Every time she walks into a meeting, she takes it over, ignoring the agenda and not listening to anyone um, or, or what anyone else wants. Our team has gone from happy and inclusive to miserable and secretive ever since she's joined. None of us like her style, but she's the boss. So what can we do? I really love my job and until she joined it was the best office to work for. It was the best office to work in and the best organization to work for. Do I have to leave just because I don't like my boss? Oh. oh I think you do, don't you? Like what can you do? And you can look to move to a different team maybe. If you live, really love the organization, is there a different team you could go and work for? Could you go and work for somebody different? And um, the other thing I would say is look at how close she is to her boss. <laughs> so people come in and move in and out quite quickly mm. but yeah if you really hate her you can't you can't stick that out I don't think it's a good it's a good excuse to look for something else Cindy would you stay or would you go well uh, first of all um, I would advocate I would absolutely sit down and talk to her about this yeah uh, and I would sit down and talk to her about it because um, if it can't be resolved then you absolutely should go um, but again um, this isn't about you it's about her it's about her situation um, the context in which she's operating within the organisation. And and again, when, you know, if you sit her down and um, in a very constructive way say, you know, we all want the same thing for the business, we all want it to perform, you know, um, you are interacting with us in this way, that's inhibiting a great performance that would in turn make you look good, and I'd really like to talk to you about it. And, and see what she says. Because if it's about some huge pressure she's under, you know, some very difficult scenario, then there may be a way to kind of sort through that so that you can all, you know, align. And if she responds really badly, then that's a very clear indicator that there is no hope and, and you should get out. Matt, would you talk to her? Yeah, but I would do it over <laughs> alcohol. So, so I would go, so it, you know, giving away my trade secrets here, I'd get her absolutely plastered. And on the way to being plastered, she'd release all of the things that were issues. And you'd know about her whole life and all of her insecurities and all of her hang-ups and who within the organisation she's scared of and doesn't like her and all this stuff. And then, then you know it's not you, because it really probably is not you. Um, but then you figure out how you then can then respond and deal with it but I would I would be direct and then I would figure out what I want to do next but if I loved my job I would find a way to stay mm. yeah it's okay stay or go we're, we're a little mm. bit conflicted but do let us know let us know what happens so our final problem I've got it this is from Shelley via Facebook and um, you can find us on Facebook at Palace Women's Hour and we love to get your messages so please do come along follow us um, she says, my boyfriend and I have a great relationship, but he recently confided in me that his best friend is cheating on his girlfriend. I'm friends with the girl through both of them and I feel really bad for her. It's also affecting mine and my partner's relationship as I feel he should tell his friend to sort the situation out and stop this behaviour. Should I tell the girl? 
Fifty? Uh, oh, no, 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 um, no um, that way madness lies. I mean, in this scenario, in whatever context, um, it's about their relationship. It's not about you. And even if you think you're doing the right thing, it's going to rebound very badly on on you and, and your own relationship. Absolutely. Um, Shoot the messenger, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. Do not tell her. And, you know, I, I would say um, with with your own boyfriend, you know, um, take the conversation kind of further than just the fact that his mate is cheating on his girlfriend. Because, you know, if um, if you if, if it's impacting your relationship in terms of how he's responding, that there there are more values at stake mm. than simply this situation. And you should explore that more more widely as to as to, you know, why the two of you are differently aligned in this particular context. What about girl code, though? Shouldn't we tell girls? We've I, discussed this before. No. No. No, no, uh, no. Uh, no, no. no. No, because she will not thank you for it. Exactly. Okay. She yeah. won't, but I don't know. I think there's something about girl code, which is, I think maybe not telling her, but there's definitely something which is about not supporting it. So, like... Yeah. I'm not having this other girl over to my house. I'm not going on double dates with yeah. them. I'm not going to be in the room when they're talking about it. I don't want to know. And if she came to me and said, I think so-and-so has... Yeah, then I'd be honest, because at that point, you're in a different conversation. Right, Nat? I'm, I'm with you, but I would also be dropping some subliminals again so that after the wine would come out, and I'd be like, so, how are things yeah. with, you and, with you and George yeah. going? Mm, did you check his credit card statement yeah. lately? No? Yeah. Oh, maybe you should. Yeah. You know, just saying out there. No reason why I said that at all, but <laughs> that would be my approach. Yeah, so basically, don't say anything, but leave some really large hints. Like, swipe his phone, oh. screen grab some messages, that kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so those are our badass balls ups for this week. Thank you, Cindy, for your fantastic advice. Um, absolute pleasure, thrilled to be on here. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but I have had a really pretty great 2017 without my badass women's hour crew, Emma Sexton, Natalie Campbell. Um, that was Cindy Gallup giving us her wisdom, but we like to leave you with our own wisdom. Yeah, a little something for you to live your life by, not in the coming week, but in the coming year, 2018. This is our badass principle for 2018. Nat, what is it? The principle for 2018 is begin big and begin big is all about setting off with the right intention what's the big thing that you want to achieve this year how do you want your to make your life better significantly different but not just your life someone else's life too how can you give back how can you champion a cause how can you put yourself in the position of someone else um because that's the big that, questions yeah that's also uh, about that's that's growth really. So begin big. It's a bit of growth, bit of bit of everything really. Emma, like what it. are you going to begin big with? Well, I always have themes. My years always have themes mm. rather than specific. And my theme next year is empire building. I'm yeah. getting my head down. That's big. No more mucking around. I am gonna. I, yeah. So yeah. basically, Focus. you're going to have taken over the world by 2018 December. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I've made some money to. <laughs> I don't know. Spend on nice you Christmas gifts next year. You will have. Yeah, I'm empire confident. building. We're going big next year. Going big. Yes. And I think for me, begin big is actually also about knowing that whatever you're thinking might be quite a fun idea for 2018 make it bigger make it bigger yeah. uh what else could you do what would be the next step what would you be doing in 10 years time if you started this now just do that do mm. that already 
don't wait for it for it to grow just start big um that has been our that has been our show for 2017 but joy they haven't kicked us off the airwaves we will be here again <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. We, survived. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back in january 2018 um and but in the meantime if you want to talk to us if you want to tell us your new year's resolutions what you got for christmas or just say hello come find us on social media you can find us on twitter at badass women's hour hr at badass women's hour or on instagram facebook all the socials or you can come find me at Harriet Minter, Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And we will be here again, same time, same place, next year on Talk Radio with the Badass Women's Hour. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 